between David and me is my college roommate, Jeff, and David knows him from our days at Mars Advertising. That's right. I want to know what made you, after the first round, send me a text from two weeks ago where the Lions were getting A's. First of all, David and Marshall, thank you very much for having me on your podcast. I sent you that text because I was feeling very, very stressed out after the first round. I was thinking back to previous first round draft failures, whether it was the years where we kept drafting wide receiver after wide receiver, Charles Rogers, Mike Williams, Roy Williams, quarterbacks, Andre Ware, Joey Harrington. I was having really, really bad flashbacks for a while, for a while. It took me a while to understand that Brad Holmes deserves some slack. This is if this was Matt Millen, David Ugh. Marshall. How how would you feel Ugh. about after those those first picks? If 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 this was Matt Millen picking those two guys? Oh my goodness! Well, <laughs> I went Lions free during Millen, but not reading. I would be not at all with reading. I would have been this weird feeling of mortified and a little bit gleeful. That's where I was as a fan. I I was like, good, let it hurt some more. You guys don't want to make any changes. Let it hurt some more. I was, I had become, I I like to say that kind of fan. Like I, I would say that I was bitter at that point and I'm not a bitter. You guys know me. I'm not a bitter kind of person. Right. I, I think I too, I was lions free and it was in my head. I was just thinking, I'm going to give it like a five year, no watching. And then I'm going to come back (laughs) and and see what the team has done differently. Do you know what I mean? It was just like, I had just sort of given up and I'm like, well, I'll check back in in three or four years and see, you know, like see where they are. What, what, what about you, Jeff? What's, what's the, what's your answer? I would have been cursing. I would have been, it took me about till the next morning. The next morning, I felt better. Okay. I, 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 the, the next day, I felt I felt better. It was about 24 hours. Marshall and I, we, we'd come to uh, appreciate the Lions through our, our dads. Was your dad a, a big fan of the Lions? No, David. That's a great question. My, my dad told me I was wasting my time. My fandom, it came actually... From the first time I was completely let down. And this is relevant because there's so much hype now with with this team. And it takes me back to 1980. Do you guys remember Another One Bites the Dust? We, Marshall, we forgot funny? We, we, that we have a bunch of notes that we wrote down and we never talked about that. Oh, my goodness. This Another is- One Bites the Dust was so... You know, that was in everyone's mind. That was the year That's that I, how I the- fell in love with the Lions. Me too. I thought they were going to go 16-0. and 0. That team, there was so much hype. 
And we started 4-0, and and in the seven-point league, we weren't just winning those games. We were smashing teams. None of those games were close. And wow. then it all it all fell apart. Well, we finished nine and seven. Yeah, we we fell apart, and 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 I and I and I was and I was heartbroken. I was heartbroken. So when when your dad said you're wasting your time, had he become Lions free, or did he just never get into football? My father would tell me, "Why are you wasting your time watching those guys? They don't give a damn about you." It's so funny that the thing that got me through some of the heartbreaking losses with the Lions. I'd watch Sunday, they would lose horribly, or they, not even horribly, they would just lose. And then I would just be, it would take me into Monday just feeling down. The thing that would bring me through, what I would say to myself, they don't care about you, David. Why are you? Why do you care about them? Jeff, what was your, what's been your evolution of watching the Lions? David, it's been, it's been up and down, mostly down. <laughs> There right. were the there were the up years in the early '80s. We really had some some solid teams then. You guys in one of your early podcasts talked about the heartbreak. I believe it was in '83 when Eddie Murray missed the last second field goal to beat a very good Washington team. I'm sorry, San Francisco, San Francisco team. Francisco, but there was right. another San Francisco team. But there was another season where we lost to Washington in the playoffs. And remember, this was the heyday of both Washington and San Francisco. Those those two, Washington won, I think, three Super Bowls. San Francisco had had Joe Montana. Those were pretty good teams, and, and, and we were there toe-to-toe until Billy Sims tore his, his knee up. And I really, truly believe that if that didn't happen, Billy would be just as iconic in Detroit as Barry and Isaiah. He was a wonderful, wonderful player. But that was just another example of Lions' bad luck. And after that, there were some there were some real down years until uh, until they drafted Barry Sanders. Uh, then there were some real real wonderful memories. Sometimes the team wasn't that great, but they were always fun to watch. They were always, they were always just a blast. They they were David. And, and then the down years, which I think the same for for you, David, and the same for you, Marshall, were were the Matt Millen uh, years and the years of just. It just became embarrassing, and it also was everywhere in my my day to day life. You know, Marshall, I, I work for for a finance company, and we do commercial lending. And I'm looking through a file, and this is I think 2009 or 2010. And in one of these files, it says that one of their clients is the is the Detroit Lions, and next to that. It says the only team in NFL history to go zero and sixteen. Jeez, yes, wow, yeah, and that's and that's at work. There's no escape from it. Mm-hmm. I'm similar to how David has described it. I view still the opportunity cost of getting fully invested, at least until now, is is just too high. I I listen. I listen on the radio. I like Dan Miller, and that allows me to still. Do things, do the same things that you do, David. Mow the lawn, rake the leaves, running errands. And so if it's not going well, I don't feel like, one, I've wasted time stupidly falling for the same thing again. And number two, I don't get to the end of Sunday thinking, oh, why didn't I do this? Why didn't I do that? Jeff, the stress, 
Yes, David. It's so great to hear you say that. I thought I was alone. It's so, I thought I was this guy, weird guy that was doing these things uh, while everyone else was watching the Lions and enjoying it. And, and I was like, you know, getting stuff done and feeling, like you said, feeling good about it. Like I've got, I, I've accomplished some things. I didn't waste my time watching this team and, and being heartbroken. It's so, it's so good to find a, a, a brother, a brother in arms. And if you don't mind me jumping in, I know we're talking to other people besides the three of us. I know there are other people who are hurting and people want to laugh because it's sports and make like it's silly. But here's another person. You're another person who chooses to do other things because you've been hurt so many times. Is there a moment? Because if you don't mind me just sharing, Jeff, we were in the same dorm up at Michigan, and I went in the, listen to the symbolism, I went in the elevator going down, listening on the radio, as Billy Sims got a handoff. And as I got off the elevator that had gone down, they said, oh, he's not getting up. And I had that intuitive dread thing like I saw my dad have when he would turn that radio off. That was that moment where I thought, well, maybe they really are cursed. So is there a moment where you checked out somehow, where you said enough is enough? I'm, it was really wonderful to hear David basically say that he's doing those, those same things as, as, as me. During the Millen years, I might flip on the radio, but for the most part, I would just be reading. I would just be reading. I remember reading as you did, the Marty Morningweg losing at Chicago in, in overtime. I wasn't even spending time on the radio at that point. Th- those years were the, low, the lowest of the lows, but they're still my team. Yeah, right, right. They're still, they're still your team. You, even though, yeah, you're not, like, uh, you're, you're not invested in listening. You can't change where you're from. You can't. I actually remember turning off i was staying i had broken up with a girl and i was staying with my cousin and i watched the first half of the first game of the marty morningwig matt millen experience and i i was clear like you said dave what i could tell in the first half what do you say i could tell the first i could i could tell the first series of plays if not the first play how this team is going to go how this game's going to go so i saw that first half and i'm like i'm all done it actually was a moment for me, Jeff. I said, I'm all done. I'm done. Until they figure this out, I'm done. It's remarkable at how the team has done a 180. They've gone from like the, those silly penalties to almost like I can watch a game without any silly mistakes. It's just the way that they're coached. They're a well-coached team now. I want to be one of those fans like, you know, the Steelers or the uh, Packers where you watch your team and you truly expect them to win. It doesn't matter wh- where you are in the game. If you're down, you're like, well, they're going to pull this through. Jeff, uh, wh- where do you stand right now with the Lions? I see the Lions as having the best chance finally of breaking what is a 32-year streak of not winning a playoff game. I see the Lions winning the division and winning a playoff game. And for me, that's a magnificent season. That would be a terrific season. Are you going to watch the games? I, 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 actually, I actually am this, this year. I actually am going to watch. I'm going to go from Lions Light, or I call it Miller Light, because just listening to Dan Miller, 
to actually sitting on the couch, giving it a shot. And what made you make that choice? I'm buying the hype and I look down and I see the roster and yeah, I, I see a bunch of weaknesses that are probably one of the reasons I think they're maybe the ninth or 10th best odds of making a Super Bowl. But my God, when's the last time there's only nine or 10 teams with better odds of, of winning a Super Bowl than the, than the Lions? I, I've never been in this situation before. It's so foreign to me. Someone predicting the Lions that are going to not just win, but go to a playoff, win a playoff game. It's just feels so weird. I don't exactly know how to word this, Jeff, but it's like, did you change just from reading about these guys? When did you, when did something shift for you? Is there a moment? I, I think it was a compilation of moments as they started to started to win the the first win against Green Bay last year, and then they started to get on a roll. They had some wins that weren't weren't even close. And this is a seven-point league. And when you're running up the score on teams, that's impressive. And then on Thanksgiving, that game I did watch, they went toe-to-toe with a good Buffalo team. The the performances kept on being solid. And and the last game, the last game of the season was 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 epic. And only us long-suffering Lions fans can celebrate a nine and eight season, but Celebrate, we will. Nine and eight, spoiling Green Bay season. Following the prior seasons, that was a magical season. And for me, they deserve a little more of my time. That's a great way of putting that. They've they've won. They've won you over. They deserve a little bit more time. I think I, I think I'm going to start saying that to myself. Maybe that'll that'll be a way to get myself to actually sit through a full game. Saying they well, they have earned it. I need to, you know, like I need to sit through this. So I have now because I ha- I watched them from the beginning. I sat in shock the first season, and then I started calling David. I said these these guys fight. They fight hard. Are you guys attached to the team again? Because I had to reattach to this team. It was weird. I told David I was watching. I was watching detached, and then I something about the way these guys fought recaptured my heart. And I was ready to dismiss Dan Campbell as being silly when he said about biting kneecaps, but that's exactly what I saw that first season, which I don't think either of you have watched. True? Yeah, no, I've, I've not watched. No. Me neither. Okay, so are you guys attached to the team right now? I believe you think this. I'm going to answer a certain way, but here's my answer. No, I'm still not attached. I'm, I'm detached from this team because I'm still hurt. And I'm still fearful. And uh, I cannot promise you that I will be a constant watcher of, of, of the Lions. But you, David, I'm not that dissimilar. I'm going to give them a chance. But if the performance isn't what I'm expecting, then, again, the opportunity cost is going to be too high. And I will give you a second answer as to why... I'm not super attached. And that is in today's NFL, there is so much roster movement that it's really harder to get attached to players than it was 
when we were growing up watching players that would play most of their career for the same team. Some of the guys in the in the secondary that the Lions signed, I think some of them are just one-year contracts. Yeah, they are. Two of them. So it real, makes it, Marshall, really hard to get attached. What about you, Marshall? Yeah, they got me again. They got me. Because I went through it, they've got me again. I can't guarantee I won't watch Detached this year, but I, I love these guys. I love the Lions, and I love loving them. And I, I'm tired of it hurting. I want to actually enjoy myself. Wow, man, I wish I could watch. I just, I wish I could. You know, I'll, I'll, I'm going to watch the first series of, of plays, and I believe that I'll be able to tell by that how much I'm going to invest in the Lions again. Is it a jinx it, thing, Dave? It's a hurt thing. I, I'm just protecting myself. Like I told you, when, when they, uh, they, I believe they won their first game and then they lost their next five or whatever, I was saying to myself, I'm so happy I didn't invest that time. This way I'm not hurting. And I was actually saying, thinking of you saying that poor guy, he got he got bitten by the lions. You know, you know I, the story. I was reeling. I was so embarrassed and so confused, so doubtful of myself. But I do like. It, does that mean, Dave? You believe in them on paper? I believe in them on paper. But here's the here's the deal: the way the lions look on paper and the hype and how they finish this prior season. They should come out and dominate. They should come out and just demolish teams. Anything less than that, I'm not willing to see. They've got a a great GM. They've got a, a coach who said to them, if you just trust me, if you just believe in this system, I promise you we're gonna deliver a great product. We're gonna get some wins. And he did that. Okay, so then I'm going to make this a question to Jeff because Jeff, Jeff, do you still watch more college than than either David or I do? Yes, I like the highest quality stuff. So, like, I I don't like ballet. My parents dragged me to watch ballet, and it's it wasn't for me. And I saw the Turning Point. I remember they dragged me to the movie The Turning Point, <laughs> but I saw Rudolf Nureyev, and I fell in love with ballet. The very best, awesome. So. Why do I bring that up? Heather showed me stuff of Jameer Gibbs. I want to know, is he actually as dazzling as he looks from his, from his uh, highlight reel? He, he was great in college. He was. But so, so was DeAndre Swift. Yeah. And don't forget, Alabama had Bryce Young, the number one overall pick. So what we don't know is how much were defenses gearing towards stopping Bryce Young. Gibbs, Gibbs makes makes sense given Holmes. I believe I'm not sure that he was expecting Devin Witherspoon to be off the board at number six. Did you see him the way you saw him the way I did? That guy is just he's he has Detroit Lions written all over him. Yes, and so you had a bunch of offensive tackles, but as you guys know, man, we're great at offensive tackles. Yeah. I suppose he could have picked another one and maybe tried to move one of them to guard, but I think he's feeling win now, bolster the the, the running backs. I would say of all the offensive positions, probably wide receiver is, is our is our weakest now with 
losing Chark and Jamison Williams for the first six games. So let's bolster the running game. And the thing about Gibbs that's most intriguing, he is a real great pass catcher. And he's going to need to make up for some of the losses we have in wide receiver. Is there a chance that Johnson lines up Gibbs at at wide receiver? Anything's possible. I was going to say. I think that's something that people don't talk about enough. Yeah, I was going to say there's nothing off the table when when considering Ben Johnson. His coming back is huge. I don't know what you guys think, but who heard of Ben Johnson a couple years ago? And in this offseason, he was close to getting a couple head coaching jobs. That's how how good this guy is. I th- he'll probably be gone after this year, don't you guys think? After this season, I would say it's 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 assuming that we have a terrific season, it's it's highly possible. Yeah. Campbell came in, and most coaches when they come in, they ask the previous uh, position coaches to leave, and they hire their own people. And Taylor Decker said, "You should keep an eye on this guy, Ben Johnson. He's got a lot of ability." So Campbell, being new at his job, stayed open minded. He kept Johnson on, and now look where he is. I'm with David. I think he's gone after this year. Because he's that good or because he'll be that in demand or what? I think both. I think the Lions are set up to have what one of the top five offenses in the league, and he is that innovative. Yeah, I, I told Dave the first season, I said, you got to watch it, man. This, this guy goes for it on fourth down. Like it's tech, like it's Tecmo Bowl, like it's Retro Bowl is what they call the app now. And in fact, he set the record that year. He set the record for attempts on fourth down and just weird, wild plays, just stuff you're never expecting. I mean, but it was a little crazy. Don't you think it was like, yeah, I think, I think the, even those guys know it's a little reckless. So that, that, that now they've established the running game when you have a running game and, and it's fourth and short, you have either a way to get the yardage by imposing your will or a way to distract people into throwing an easy pass for the yardage like they did with Brock Wright. You're, you're absolutely right. When it's third and 12, you see most NFL teams dropping back to pass. Sometimes they get sacked or it's, a, or it's an incomplete. You can see the Lions running on third and 12. No, and they're not going to get 12, but they may get half of it, and then they go for it on fourth down. And fourth and six is maybe 50-50. And it's exciting. to be. That's one of the reasons to watch, to be engaged. And this goes back to the Barry years. The team is exciting to watch. You know, going back to the Barry years, and, and there's something, there's a point I want to make about, about now. When, when we were here with Barry, and, you know, was Roddy Pete good enough to win it all? I don't know, maybe, maybe. But Eric Kramer was. I used to yell at the television, why aren't they doing more play action? Because Barry Sanders is there. Everybody has to freeze when there's play action. Why aren't they doing more play action? Well, now that they've established a running game, it's always a good idea, but I think they're at like 39%, which led the league, which is a lot. You're, you're right. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't aware of that stat that, that blew me away almost as much as it blew me away when you said that the Lord Song Royals was about George Brett. That blew me away. Did you Google it? I did. Did you see the picture? Of those two together, I did. No, did you see the picture that she saw in the newspaper? Yes, I, I, I saw both, the him in the, in the 70s. Yeah. Signing autographs for all these all these people standing around him. And, and then a picture today with those two meeting. Oh, I didn't I haven't seen that. 
But that picture that she got fascinated by, which I think was a National Geographic, I could see where a kid would be like, wow, that looks cool. And she was, she's from Australia. What does she know about f- uh, baseball? She just she didn't know what was happening. Right. I still can't believe that that story was true. I can't believe it either. It, is, it inspired it. it the, the, in all fairness, the, the lyrics really aren't about baseball. Crystal Maybach, diamonds on your timepiece. That's, that's, that's the only part I remember. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, you've been a really fantastic guest. And by fantastic, I mean the content, the answers, really interesting. You don't have anyone as a support group to watch with, I'm assuming. Paula doesn't watch? She might sit down, but that's that is correct. I, I do I do not. But in some ways that makes it easier because I'm with David. If it's not going well, I'm not gonna stick around. I'm walking away. Right. Jeff, I, I, I'm gonna use opportunity opportunity cost. I, I love that. Well the thing that bugs me on your guys' behalf is that you've suffered so long. I don't want you to miss this stuff. I don't want you to miss th- this time. And if you're if you're just hearing about it, are you really are you eating the bread or are you eating the breadcrumbs? You, oh, it's definitely crumbs. I need to start watching this team. I need to get to a point where I'm sitting through the good and the bad. And right now, I'm just sitting through the good. And when it, I, I'm not even waiting for the bad. It's like if it gets close to possibly being bad or maybe there's a chance that it could go good or it could go bad. I'm turning it off because I believe that it's going to go bad. And then I'm going to feel I'm going to suffer from it. Cause you know, there's going to be a roller coaster. Even, even the most mighty teams, they don't just hit the gas and win 49 to nothing every time, except, except on my retro bowl game, they do. But to embrace those roller coasters, it's going to be painful for you guys. It, for sure. me, it was it was disassociative. I had this weird smiley thing in my in my heart where there was supposed to be care. It was weird. David agreed. One playoff win would be an amazing season. It sounds like to me, Marshall, you think higher than one playoff win to satisfy you. Hmm. No, because. I watched that three-win season, and I ended that season satisfied. I saw a team, guys off the street, and they were fighting harder than guys who had won Super Bowls. I've been satisfied both seasons. Would I be satisfied? Here's what I'm expecting. Yeah, tell me what you're expecting. But I expected this before last season, too. And they went one and six, and that really threw me for a loop because I thought at the end of the previous season they had learned how to win. And then they just, as it turned out, they got hurt guys. So they've changed the turf in this. What am I expecting? Because that's really what you're asking, I think, Jeff. Let me. Yes. What am I expecting? You're in, you're in love. You mentioned that. Now, love is a power. Love is a powerful word. It's one of the, probably the most powerful words in the English language. However, when you love, you usually expect something back. What do you expect back? You, when we first started talking about the Lions, you said to me, you said, David, uh, you should start watching the Lions. They're going to be entertaining. And then it morphed into, David, You, uh, this team, they're going to have a really decent season. These weren't your words, but it was you were sort of leaning this direction. They're going to have a, a decent season. 
till we got to the middle three quarters of the season. You were like, like you were leading towards like they could go to the playoffs. You like you were. Okay. It was changing, right? Yeah. So now you're asking me if I'm calling. Wait, you, I have one okay. more. So this I, I have is, one more job. Okay. And then you went from. I said, you know, like I was play, downplaying it. I said to you, yeah, if we go to like a a playoff game, that would be great. And you told me, or higher, you know, like you said, I'm thinking Super Bowl. You remember you told me that? Yeah, I did. I told you. All right, so then I have to tell you. I'm scared of saying this because I'm scared of getting hurt. But as long as they show up and play hard, I I don't see how we don't make the NFC Championship game at the minimum. Because could we go farther? Sure. But I, I feel like, we, like Jeff said, there's holes. Where, where are you concerned, Jeff? Where that's are you concerned great, about these guys? That's I, a great question. I would say wide receiver. Uh, because if you go through the offense, I, I think there's comfort at quarterback, comfort at running back, especially with Gibbs, comfort now with a tight end, and certainly comfort with the offensive line. So the, the questions on offense would be at the wide receiver. I, I know, David, you're a little bit down on Jamison Williams, and, and I, I really am too. It's just extremely disappointing because I think that not having DJ Chark a good NFL defense can take away your best receiver, and that's St. Brown. So where are we after St. Brown if he's being double covered? So that's that's where I think the holes are on offense. Yeah, you got know, you, it because that's that's I, correct. I was going to say that's he's that's very good. That's why I asked: Should Gibbs line up at wide receiver in in the sixth game? Because if, if Jamison Williams comes back, if we can hang on and go four and two, five and one while he's out. Jameson Williams comes back, then arguably we we could have a two top five wide receivers if he lives up to his hype. If you also have the possibility of Brad Holmes making a deal at the trade deadline, if if we're winning, what I what I sense is this team is is good enough to get to the NFC Championship game. I really believe it. I be, I have this sense about him. What I hope is that we're documenting a really incredible turnaround. Well, I I, I hope that. Uh... As this podcast morphs, I hope at the at the at the end of this season we're all just going crazy about the Lions either making the playoffs or maybe even going to the to the Super Bowl. That would just be an amazing season and a and an and an amazing wrap up of our uh podcast. Right. That would be awesome. I wanna say now as I reflect on what I said. Like I never hear, I never heard about Red Sox fans going Red Sox free. I no. never heard about Cubs fan going Cubs no, free. No, we went Lions free. It's a common phrase around here because of the organizational culture, because of the way they ran their business that had us watching an inferior product. That's, I believe, why we went Lions free. I we went Lions free because we were masochists. For the Lions to be this bad. It's what David said. There's a little bit of a curse as well. The Fords, they didn't want to lose. Yeah, they weren't good owners, but they weren't the only bad owners. For the Lions to have been this bad, guys, for this long, it it takes curses, freak injuries, terrible <laughs> calls from referees, yes. all the things, David, you, you mentioned, because you have a league that that's set up to give everybody the same chance. This isn't baseball 
where you have some teams spending $300 million, like the Yankees and Mets, and other teams spending 80 Everybody spends the same amount. And it's rigged so that if you're bad one year, you've got an easy schedule. You've got a high draft pick. So it goes beyond the, the, the just the fours that the Lions could be this bad for this long. There's other factors at, at play here, too. I truly believe that. Yeah. Yeah, and the question is, like, how endeth the curse? Uh, the Red Sox had a had a bloody sock. Look, just just a playoff win, I, and I think that the town is going to go crazy. But I mean, the 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 Lions are are becoming national, you know, meet media darlings. And however it's done, at some point, I mean, you have two curses. You have the playoff curse, and then you have the the the, the Bobby Lane curse for the championship. And when that's lifted, my God. Who knows? But that's why we watch or listen when we can or watch when we can. Or watch until we can't. And wa- yes. Or watch until we can't. This has been a delight. Anyone else have anything else to say? I, I like, yeah, I have a, uh, one thing that I'd like to say. Uh, thank you to Sheila. And uh, is it uh, Martha, too, for uh, going to the NFL and saying we don't know what we're doing? Because I think these two women are turning the, turn the lines around. I agree. It's it starts with the culture. The culture has changed, and now anything can happen. And she she did it six years ago. The NFL didn't do her right, but they got it right. They got it right. And I'm I'm really happy for her and proud of her. Both of those two. Jeff, it was uh, great talking to you. We got to uh, Marshall. We have to have him back. Well, I would love to be uh, back anytime. And since it's a sports podcast, let me just vouch for this guy. I don't think Jeff would ever say he was the most adept athlete. But he will never back down from a challenge. And I've witnessed that many times. <laughs> never back down from a challenge. Even if it's Nerf basketball, he will never back down from a challenge. Thank you for that. Thank you both for having me on your podcast. I've enjoyed the, all the prior podcasts. And, and I look forward to you guys' next podcast. You're doing a great job and honored to be on the podcast. All right, we, haven't been, we didn't do the catchphrase last time, but do you know what it is, what, Jeff? And if you, if you do, will you do it for us? Root for the team in blue. Nice. I love it. Open up your mind. Open up your mind. Open up your mind.